0: this morning, I'm ministering to you a word of title understanding your spiritual destiny. You know, we are born into a world where everybody is about chasing something and looking for something and, and about something and sometimes in the middle of life, we forget that we are just pilgrims in this land we are just passing through this earth, this world is not our home. It's a song but it's true. Amen. This week I've been to maybe two or three funerals and you know reality sets in that truly this world is not our home and a day will come when we will leave this earthen vessel of clay. Amen. But then that is not the end of our life or our existence. Because I always tell you that you are a spirit. You have a soul and you dwell in a body. Now spirits don't die. Spirits live forever. The issue is where? And so for now you are in this earthen vessel of clay. And God has allowed it so for a purpose. And within your time in this earthen vessel of clay there's an expectation of God of your life in the same way that there's an expectation of the people around you like your family um, your boss if you have one you know and people that you are you know in touch with there's an expectation of life um, of your life of, of your life and I, I want us this one to consider most of all what God is expecting from us, amen. What God is expecting from us, that's why I put the word spiritual destiny because we have the material part of our life, the physical part of our life, um, getting married, having children, and all those things. I mean, it's good, but we will leave all those things behind here, amen. We are not carrying it with us one day. Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him a question about marriage about if a woman gets married, husband dies, gets married again and again and again in heaven who's going to be her husband? And he said nobody. Because there's nothing like marriage in heaven. You see your husband and he's like your brother. Your wife the same. So don't let marriage cause you to sin or lack of marriage make you feel like that's the end of the world. Because in heaven there will be no marriage. Hello Okay, so, uh, but don't let me go there, otherwise I will end up in a different tangent. So, I want us to look at what God wants from us. Amen. So, that's why I titled the message, Understanding Your Spiritual Destiny. Reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah chapter 1 is a long reading, but I'll read it. The word is always good. The verse 3 to 19. The Bible says, It came also in the days of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah son of Josiah king of Judah unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month then the word of the Lord came to me this is Jeremiah speaking this is what God said to him before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee so look at this so before Jeremiah was formed as a baby in his mother's womb he says God knew him how did God know him God knew the spirit that was Jeremiah because he wasn't yet formed There was no substance. There was no material substance, physical frame to him. But he's saying that before he was formed, before he became flesh, God knew him. Who did God know? God knew the spirit of Jeremiah. Are you you seeing it? Okay. He said, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. For he was birthed. He said he had already set him apart. Where's sanctification there? And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Then he replied and said to the Lord, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said to me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and said, See, I have set thee this day over the nations, Over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down. To destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. And moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, thou hast seen well. For I hasten my word to perform it. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what seest thou? And I said, I see a seething pot. And the face thereof is towards the north and the Lord said to me out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land I will call all the families of the kingdom of the north saith the Lord and they shall come and they shall set everyone on his throne at the entry of the gates of Jerusalem against all the walls thereof run about and against all the cities of Judah this is God's judgment upon Jerusalem upon Judah because of their idol worship and I'll utter my judgments against them touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me and have burnt incense to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. Thou therefore get up thy loins, arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made this day made you this day a defense city, an iron pillar, rising walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, against the people of the land, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Grab your hands and give God praise. It's a good word. Now, this is an account of the call of Jeremiah. God calling Jeremiah to go and prophesy to Israel their sin. And God was telling him that, I, I'm, I'm putting my word in your mouth. Go and and do my way, go and speak my mind to these people. And Jeremiah out of fear said, no, no, Lord, I can't go. I can't go because I'm a child. I cannot speak. And God said, no, don't say that you are a child. Don't say that because I have put my spirit in you. Go and speak. Now, does that sound very familiar? It sounds very familiar, doesn't it? When God says he wants you to do something and you find every excuse not to do it, I'm afraid what will people say? By me, I'm not a pastor, by me, I'm not a leader, by me, I'm not a prophet. Uh, We we do all that. But God said to Jeremiah that don't be afraid of their faces, lest I confound thee before them. He said, Don't be afraid because I, I have empowered you to go and speak my word. Amen. He said that go do it. People will rise up against you. But I'm with you to defend you and to deliver you. And the the scary part was that he said, go and speak to the kings, to the princes, to the priests. That means even the priests were wrong. And Jeremiah was being sent to even speak the word of God to the priests. Then the people said, but since when did you know that? When, When did you know the Lord? It doesn't matter. When God calls us, we need to obey. Amen. And every call of God is an upward call. Whenever God calls us, it's, it's an upward call. Amen. It's an upward move. When God said to Moses that he wants him and the 70 elders of Israel to come to see him, when they came, God separated Moses and said, you alone, come up. Come up the mountain. The rest can stay down the but You alone, come up. The calling of God always takes us higher. Amen. It takes you to a different dimension. What people don't see, you see. What people don't understand, you understand. What people don't feel, you feel. Because it is God who is at work. Hallelujah. And so naturally, people will not understand you when you choose to take a stand for God or when you choose to do something that God has asked you to do. People will not understand you because nobody is seeing what you are seeing. Nobody understands what you understand now. Are you understanding me? And that is why, since you became born again, you've lost many friends or you should have lost many friends. If you haven't lost any, then what is there? What do I normally say? Question mark. Big one. Dots. Amen. But God calls us up higher. Bible says that he calls us out of darkness. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Paul writing to Timothy, his protégé, 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9, said that, Be thou therefore not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. of me his prisoner. But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. According to the power of God. Who has saved us and called us. With a holy call. So the call of God is a holy call. It's a call unto separation. He said to Jeremiah before I brought you forth out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you. Sanctification means being set apart. Holiness being different. uh, He's called us with a holy call, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. So God calls us as believers, not according to what we have done, what we do, but according to God's purpose. Because God has a plan. He had the plan before you were clothed of blood in your mother's womb. That is God's purpose, that you should be called his own. That he should use you for his purpose. And so he calls according to his purpose. Not according to our works. Because if it was according to our works. God would not call somebody like me. Or you too. He wouldn't. Why would he call us? You know you don't deserve it. You don't qualify. He wouldn't call you. But it's because God has a purpose. And that purpose is beyond how you are. Beyond who you are. He just calls. Because he chooses to. And the word grace there means that he calls you you know without you having any hand or any part not deserving it not qualify but just because god chooses to release a certain favor upon you none of us was saved because we we're holy in fact you were saved because you were very unholy god looked at you and looked at the course the collusion course you were on the course you know, that was taking you straight down and said, let me help this girl or let me help this guy. So it it is a call that delivers us out of darkness and brings us by grace into his light. Amen. And Bible says that according to God's divine power, he has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that is necessary, important for effective abundant life and for godly living amen and he has called us to glory and to virtue so when God called you out of your sin he called you to glorify you to set you apart to make something great out of you something beautiful out of you there's no way your life can remain the same there's no way your life can go down under your life is being lifted up God is making your life better. He has set you on a path of goodness and the devil cannot reverse it. This is why I said the devil cannot reverse the call that God has set your life on. Hallelujah. We don't permit it. See, he has called us unto glory to be glorified in us. To set his glory upon us and unto virtue that his goodness may be manifest in and through our lives. He calls us out of a mediocre existence to a glorious one, to increase, to achievement, the things that you think you can't do like Jeremiah. He said, but I'm a child, I cannot speak. God said, you can't speak. God, I have put my word in you. He said, God touched his mouth and, and opened his mouth to be able to speak. Listen, God is not looking for ability. God is looking for your availability. And if you avail yourself, there, there, there's no limit to what God can, and will do with your life. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. And it doesn't matter whether you are a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. You know, some say, oh, for my background, background. What, are you, what background are you talking about? You know, God calls us, and Bible says, God is no respecter of persons. God is not looking at your background he had just set his love upon you. Bible said those of us who were not a people, now we have been made the people of God. And so as you sit here this morning, if you are born again or as you watch on this, on, on this program, or you watch on television, if you are born again, it means that God has handpicked you, actually selected you, you have first selection like when you go to Bend Down Boutique and you do the first selection, you have Don't look at me like that. Have you not been there before? Amen. You are first selection. God has actually selected you out of the bunch, out of the pile. You are handpicked. You are not ordinary. You know? So don't allow anyone or anything to put you down. You have been handpicked. Hallelujah. And Bible says that we are called by God. We are called of God. And now we are called by the name of God God says I've called you by your name you are mine so now we, we have become God's property you are God's property you belong to God you belong to God you can can you say that confidently again doesn't it sound good say it again hallelujah or give the Lord a clap offering so, this belonging to God lifts us in position. Because now you are a child of If you belong to God, you are a child of God. God's property. And do you know where that places you? Can you imagine where that puts you? On the spiritual ladder. Even the angels are not called the children of God. Amen. But you and I have been given the right... To be called the sons of God. So, you have been called to a high position. You are not base. No. God has lifted you up in life. You are lifted up. I'm telling you. And it's not about your money, qualification, your looks. It's about your spiritual position. I'm talking about your spiritual destiny. Okay. So, you, you have been lifted up into a high spiritual position. And you know that every position in life has a responsibility and an assignment. When you are placed in any position, it comes with an assignment. It comes with a responsibility. Amen. And God lifting us up into sonship has empowered us because if you are a son of God, Bible says that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You start to inherit everything that is of God and that is in God. All the the fullness Bible says, of the Godhead dwells in you bodily. Yesterday I was in a service and I, I talked to them from Colossians chapter 2 particularly from verse 10 that we are complete in God. Bible says that the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit indwells us. Amen. So that is an empowerment. You are empowered. There's, there's, there's power in you. There's some greatness in you. That is the fullness of the Godhead. God dwells in you. Your body, Bible says, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the dwelling place, the habitation of God. So, you are not weak. You are strong. You are empowered. Hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands and give God the praise. And, like, as God said to Jeremiah, all this comes from also with protection. He said, don't be afraid of them. They will fight against you when you go and speak my word. But they will not prevail against you because I am with you to deliver you, saith the Lord. So, the lifting up, the calling of God upon your life, that has lifted you up from servanthood to sonship, that has empowered you, caused the fullness of the Godhead to dwell in you and empower you. That same call affords you protection and preservation. So are you seeing the kind of person that you are? Are you seeing who you are now? Great. So God said to Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained you a prophet unto thee. So with all this, there was also an assignment. God ordained him as a prophet. Ordination means set in place for an assignment. A prophet unto the nations hallelujah which was a big assignment a prophet unto the nations. and you know as a prophet or a true prophet you speak what you hear god say speak so if god says that tell the people that i'm sending locusts and wild animals against them you say it and can you imagine the response you get people will not look at you say oh well done man of god they will attack you So Jeremiah went through many, many, many trials and afflictions because he spoke the mind of God. And that is where I believe a lot of us believers today don't want to get to. Because we we love our skin. We love ourselves. Bible says that they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. We love to say, I came the devil by the blood of the lamb. Then we stopped there. Bam. Love, not loving our lives unto death. No. Don't quote that one. Do quote that one. Because we love our lives. We don't want to die. We don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to feel it. But you see, with every position, there's an assignment. God was giving Jeremiah a picture of his destiny. Showing him the end from the beginning. And that is vision. See, vision is spiritual sight. It's insight. It's revelation. God uncovering that which is covered. And that's what God was showing Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you think that you are an ordinary man, but no. Listen, before you were even born, before you were even from your mother's womb, I had already chosen you, empowered you, set you apart. You're a prophet. He looked at himself me. So you are. And I want you to go and say this and do this and do that. So suddenly, Jeremiah is being, you know, shown this great vision that he is afraid to do. He's afraid because his natural mind is telling him that, no, this will get me into trouble. Amen. But then God said, don't be afraid. And this is what I'm telling you that. Whatever God has given you as your spiritual assignment, whatever is your spiritual destiny you ought to be bold and rise up and perform it hallelujah God was showing Jeremiah what he had made him prophet unto the nations Ephesians chapter 4 1 to 3 says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord Paul speaking beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called listen Paul was writing this letter to the church in Ephesus from where prison he was writing this letter from prison he was a prisoner Why was he in prison? Had he gone to steal? No. Take somebody's wife? No. He was in prison for preaching the gospel. And even in prison, he was still preaching the gospel. By writing letters out. Hallelujah. And he said that he begs us, those of us who have been born again, I beseech you, I beg you, that walk worthy of the vocation, where you are called. The word vocation means a divine call. Our Christian life is is a divine call. It's not we who called ourselves, it's God who has called us. Hallelujah. And he said we should walk worthy of the calling of God upon our lives. With lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's an attitude, there's a way and manner in which we must yield and walk in the call of God. And he says that with humility. With meekness. Amen. With long suffering. With patience. With one another. Being patient with one another. And striving hard. Endeavoring. Striving hard. To keep the unity of the spirit. The spirit. The holy spirit. Who has birthed you. Who has birthed me. Because we are all born again by one spirit. That's the holy spirit. So he said when he calls us. And us as his children you are a child of God I'm a child of God we are all children of God all right we have all been called by God all filled with one spirit we have an assignment and that assignment is to build up the kingdom of God so how are we going to do that with meekness with humility striving hard to keep the bond of peace and unity amongst us So that we can be able to do what God wants us to do. Be able to fulfill our spiritual assignment as believers. No one is born again or or becomes a believer and stands alone. No believer stands alone as an island. Then you are not part of the body. But if you are truly born again, you become part of the body of Christ. Amen? And you are either the foot the leg, the nose, the hand. You are somewhere in the body. You can't stand outside the body. You are part of the body. And Paul says that, and there's one body. The body of Christ is one. You have been called into the body. You have been placed into the body of Christ. And there's one spirit and even as you are called in one hope of your calling. So, we have all been called into one body. The body of Christ. There is, there is not two bodies. One. One body. And there's one spirit by which we are called. It says one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And one Father over all, above all, and through all, and in us all. For there's one spirit who is at work in all of us. And one father who's our father. So we are not only the sons of God, but we are also brethren or brothers and sisters. By reason of the birth, the new birth, and the calling into sonship. Are we are we flowing together this morning? All right. So look at the picture. You are born again. The fullness of the Godhead now dwells in you. You are lifted in position. You are empowered. And God has an assignment for you. That assignment is not outside the body. It's within the body. For the purpose of the strengthening of the body. And so in the body, the different members of the body must work together and must agree. For example, in your own body, if maybe you you get a mosquito bite, or mosquito bite can be, spoken. let's say, a little Boil on your earlobe can give you a headache, and you want how ah, can this tiny boil on my earlobe give me a headache? But when one part, any part of the body is not at ease, we say the body is diseased. So, wherever you are in the body, whatever assignment you have received from God. Whatever empowerment is within you, you are supposed to fit into the body and be at ease in the body and let the body also be at ease. You can't be in the body and cause disease. You, you, you shouldn't. But many Christians are like that. We are in the body and it's of helping the body to grow, to be strong. We take the same empowerment that God has given to us. The same positioning God has given us. And we put the body in the disease position. But that is not our spiritual assignment. Our spiritual destiny is to build the body of Christ. It is to the service of God and to the service of all men. Believers and unbelievers alike. Hallelujah. We have been chosen and we've been called with different giftings, different abilities. The Bible says when Christ rose from the dead, he ascended on high and he gave gifts to men. The Bible talks about fivefold ministry. But beyond the fivefold ministry, there are many, many, many assignments that God gives to people in the body. And none of it is less none of it is higher than the other. Whatever God has called you to do in the body of Christ is as equally as important as what your brother or your sister is doing. Are we together? And this one must get clear. Not, none is higher than the other. No one can say oh that's for me because I'm the one who preaches everybody else. No. No. Because before you came to pick the mic, somebody had to switch on some machines of which you don't have any clue. Before we came here this morning, somebody swept this place. You know who swept? No. But imagine if you came and this place wasn't swept. Would we have service? No. So every one of us has been given a different assignment in the body and your assignment is as equally as important as anyone else's. All for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Now, how do we do this? Because in building up the body of Christ, we fulfill our spiritual assignment. We bring fulfillment to our spiritual destiny. Amen. I'll be working from Ephesians chapter four, so go there. On verse four, he said, that henceforth, that from the time that we become born again, we, don't be, we are no longer like children who are tossed to and fro. You realize that children are very gullible. You tell a child that I'll buy you an airplane, they believe it. Run there, they'll run there. Come here, they'll come here. Children are very, very gullible. And he says that we, we should no longer be like children who are being tossed to and fro. Carried about by every wind of doctrine. Every teaching. We are there. Every teaching. We, 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 we take it. Book, line, and sinker. He said no. We, we should also not be deceived by the slate of men and by the cunning craftiness of those who want to deceive. So as born again believers, spiritually empowered believers, we must be wise and we must be discerning. Otherwise, Whatever God has given you to do, you will not be able to perform it. And he says that we should do this and speak, speak the truth to one another in love. In love. Your spiritual destiny from the day you became born again is to live a life of truth. Not falsehood. There are many believers who are living a, a life of falsehood. They are, they are living a bipolar life. There are two different people. Sometimes three or four. They are, they are different when they are with this group. Different when they are with that group. But Paul said, no, no. We should speak the truth in love. Live the truth. That is how you can fulfill your spiritual destiny. Live the truth of God's word. And speak the truth in, in love. You know, there's a way in which we must communicate... Whatever God has put within our hearts, or whatever I want to communicate, I can tell you the same thing, same words in two different ways. I can say, "Sister, please have a seat." Let's say I'm an usher, and I can also say, "Sit down there." Same thing, but the manner, the tone, the body language with which I spoke it give two different meanings. all right? So that We should speak the truth in love so that we, we together will grow up in him, in Christ, in all things. We, we should grow up in Christ together. Your spiritual calling is not alone, but it's together with other believers in the body of Christ, going together in the spirit of truth and the spirit of love. You can't have it that at the end of your life, when you die and you appear before God, you don't have a good testimony for God. Even though you came to church every Sunday, paid your tithes, did everything you said do, but you did not fulfill your spiritual destiny because you chose to walk in the way of you. was being set apart. We have also been set apart. If we have been set apart, then our lives must show that we are set apart. Our thoughts, our thinking, our attitude, everything must be different. People don't want to hear this word because the world has come to a time where we, we, we are in the if it feels good, do it kind of error. And that's what people love. If it feels good, do it. If you want to do it, do it. Therefore, now there's no condemnation. Stop. The rest, they don't add the rest of the scripture. But you see, God has called us unto holiness. Unto righteousness. God has called us unto sanctification. God has called us unto love. God has called us unto glory. God has called us unto virtue. God has not just called us to, to just be anyhow. Amen. But there's a way in which our lives must Believed. Jeremiah was being called, he be separated from among the people. He was resisting, but eventually he had to give in. At first, he couldn't see what God was telling him, he couldn't see what God was revealing. And it's the same thing with us. As I speak this morning, I'm sure people's hearts are like, mm. But you see, you can't get anywhere in life without revelation. You can choose in life to walk as a blind person and stumble and fall and stumble and fall and get up, knock your head. Or you can choose to walk in the revelation of truth, the truth of God's word. See your way clear in life and then move forward in life. You can't get anywhere in life without proper or good vision. You must see well in order to achieve the purpose of God for your life, that was written in the books, for became you, Hallelujah. God was painting a picture for Jeremiah. He said, I'm a child. God said, "You are not a child. Don't say that you are a child, because you will go to those I've sent you, and you will do my bidding." This morning I come to church to call you to the understanding. That God has called you not unto your mind not unto your desire not unto your will he's rather called you away from your will out of your will You used to do your own thing you used to be your own person you used to be in control but when you become born again there's something we call regeneration at first before you became born again your spirit Bible says was dead in sin and in trespasses. When something is dead, it doesn't feel. So when you are dead in sin and trespass, it means that when you sin, you don't even feel you are sinning. It's normal. It's okay. You know, that's why I keep on telling you that sometimes when you are trying to talk to an unbeliever, they don't understand you. It's not because they are stubborn or they are hard hearted, it's because they are dead in sin. So, I mean, they, they can't feel it. You are saying, what you are doing is wrong. Really? Oh, you can't do the why not? Because sin has taken them over. But when you become born again, the power of the Holy Spirit brings you a new birth. Your, your dead spirit is awakened. The Holy Spirit gives you life. We call it regeneration made alive again, alive unto God. And when you become alive unto God, you become aware of sin and sin no longer has control over your life. You become new. You are different. You are now different. You feel different. You have clarity of thought, clarity of sight to see better. And sometimes it does you look on, on your past. You wonder, ah, but how could I have been doing that? You know, why was I doing that? You can't even imagine why you used to do that. You can't even think why. You can't think far. But the thing is that you were dead in sin and in trespasses. But now you are alive. I say you are alive. And you have a new life. Amen. You have a new life. And that new life, if truly you allow the Holy Spirit who's now at work in your spirit to lead you, you will fulfill your spiritual destiny. Amen. You will fulfill your spiritual, whatever God wants you to do. You, you will be yielded unto God to do. You, you give in to God to do. There are many people in this house who have serious calls. You are sitting on serious assignments, serious calling, serious agendas, but you are sitting on the thing. And, and and the body of Christ is suffering. There are a lot of people in this house who have the word of God in their mouth. Sometimes, once some people call me and they are saying something, I say, Hey, this is preaching. You. They are preaching. But who are you preaching to? Nobody. That's well, you can get to me once in a while. But how about your friends? How about people around you? Why are you afraid to express what God has put within you? Why are you afraid? to express the gift of God in you. Why are you not using the gift of God within you? Why are you not using what God has given you? Because at the end of the age, the questions God is is going to ask you, is not going to be about your, your material wealth. It's going to be about your spiritual destiny. What did you do for God? What did you do with the gift and assignment he gave you? What did you do with the abilities he gave you? What did you do to build up the body of Christ? So I empowered you. What did you do? And people are dying around us. What are you doing about it? This morning, Emmanuel was telling me that now it seems like suicide has become like a competition. What are you doing about it? People around you are taking all kinds of measures. What are you doing? about We are God's witnesses. God is God when you are called by God you are called unto God and unto His people there's a spiritual assignment set for life have you found it have you yielded to it what are you doing with it or are you just there or maybe you are halfway into it but it's time for us to yield completely unto God and begin to work the works of God I would say we should work the works of him who has called us, who has sent us whilst it's still day. Because the night is coming when no man can work. This is our time. Hallelujah. We are not called believers just to enjoy word after word, ministration after ministration, Sunday after Sunday, prophecy after prophecy. You have a bag full of prophecy. But what are you doing? Amen. We are called to receive as well as to give. I will tell you that any... Body of water that receives and does not give out. That's what? Oh, church. Don't hear me. It stinks. It stinks. But we have not been called to stink. Amen. God has called us unto glory and to virtue. So there's a need for us to change our mindset, change our ideas. Like Jeremiah, we must change our mind. We shouldn't say that we can't, we are afraid. Oh, maybe later when I'm older. No. Battles, you know, the battle that the enemy is waging against us to prevent us from fulfilling our spiritual destiny, is not in our pocket, it's in our mind. Amen. And battles are won first in the mind. Father is a great soldier, and he' tell you that they win battles on the drawing board before they go to the battlefield. Hello, That drawing board is your mind. Amen. God was seeing that Jeremiah was already being defeated in his mind. He said, no, change your mind. Don't say that I am a child. We, We need to change our mind and begin to declare with Apostle Paul that we can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing that dwells within us. Hallelujah. There's nothing that God has given you to do that you can't In this time, I am calling this church onto spiritual works. Amen. I believe that God has blessed every one of us with something that we can do for the purpose of the building up of the body of Christ. We need to lose our fears. Put away our anxieties. Be not afraid of their faces. Otherwise, I will rather confound you for them. Paul said to Timothy, that God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, the ability to do, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Mind that is reasonable, mind that is able to make right judgment. So he said to him that, listen, when I remember the the faith, the unfeigned faith of your grandmother Lois, and that same faith that was in your mother Eunice, and, and I'm persuaded it's also in you. By reason of generational blessing. I believe that the faith that your grandmother has. Your mother has it. And it's also in you. And we have put gates on you. By the reason of laying on of hands. hands. up the gift. Kindle the gift. Begin to work the works of God. Fulfill your spiritual destiny. Don't sit down in fear. The God has not given you the spirit of fear. God has given the spirit of power. The ability to do. It, the spirit of love in the spirit of a sound mind. And he said, don't be ashamed of the testimony of Christ, of me, his prisoner. Don't be ashamed. Sometimes the reason why we we can't or we refuse to do the works of God is because we don't want to to seem to others like, we are out there for Christ. As you would say. Or we are fanatical. Or we are fanatics. But I say that if 24 strong able-bodied, barely men. 24, 22. Football. 11 or 12 team. 11. So let's say 22 men as the, 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 the referee can aggressively happily be chasing a small leather ball. Aggressively with sometimes 7,000 men and women and children. So 70,000. Yeah. 60,000 watching and cheering. Forget about the television, the media. Sharing that, the chasing of that little ball. I mean, hey. These strong men are chasing the ball. Chasing the ball. I mean, if you think about it, then, if it wasn't that we have said that it's a sport, it would really look like kind of crazy. Chasing a ball. The ball is all going anywhere. Chasing among ourselves. people say, hey, 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 hey chase the ballo, chase the ballo. But it's a sport. The sport, we clap our hands for that. It's a sport. Before the football lovers come and hit me, it's a sport. But if people can be fanatic about that football, that little leather thing, don't we have the right to be fanatic about the one. Who who has saved us from sin and from death? Handpicked us and made us his own. We should be more fanatic about that. You should be telling everybody around you about your Jesus. You should be telling everybody about the love of God. You should be fanatic. You should not not be a fanatic. If you're not a fanatic, there's something wrong. So what are you fanatic about? What, what is it? But if you love something enough, comes a passion. And that passion must be ever. At the end of our lives, God is going to require from us count of what they have done with the abilities, giftings that he has given to us. This morning, church, I need everybody in this house to begin to consider what is my part in the building up of the kingdom of God, of the body of Christ? What is my part? What is my spiritual destiny? Jeremiah was called a prophet unto the nation. What am I called? What am I to do? Let's think about it and begin to take concrete steps to fanatically do it that God may be glorified in our lives, that our lives will also bring glory to God. We must understand our assignment. Must understand what God has deposited in us. What we must use it for. May the spirit of God help us. May the power of God empower us more. And from today, I'm expecting that everyone in this house begin to seek God. Not just for what God can do for you, what you can do for God. it, It is more important than for no, than what God can do for you. I say everything else, everything else in life will pass away but the word of God will never pass away. May the power of God help us and I declare unto you that the Lord will help you also. Amen. Let us be on our feet this morning. Somebody can't clap because I didn't say you're going to buy a car. Because you are saying that, no, apostle me, I don't want to get involved. Ooh. I just want to sit in my somewhere quietly. I just want to be, you know, I, I need my space. I don't want to be involved. I don't want people to call my name. I don't want to be seen. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. But you know, when God called you, he called you away from the I. I. The I should die. The me, the self, should die. I no longer exist. He is the one who lives in me. Paul said that he's dead, yet he lives. And the life that he now lives, he lives by faith in the son of God. Who loved him? Gave his life for him. So let our personal agendas take a backburn. Personal feelings die. Let us come before God. is say, God, I hear you. What is my spiritual destiny? You spoke to Jeremiah. I am ready. Whatever God wants me to do, I will also do. Lift up your voice this morning and pray unto God. What is my part? Building up of the body of Christ. What is my part in the kingdom agenda? somebody's been given the spirit of counsel to be a counselor somebody's been given the spirit but the ministry of helps somebody's been called on to intercession and every one of us has been called to win souls everyone everyone is a soul winner are we fulfilling our spiritual destiny how many people have come to know the Lord since you came to know the Lord through you? How many people have you spoken about? About Christ? Or let's say even about what God has done in your life. With the mind of drawing them to Christ. We cannot put these things away because it's so important. Because we shall be asked of God. That's why I want to pray to God. I want to pray with the same intensity you would have prayed if I said bind the devil. Is it stronger than binding the devil? me for your glory Lord Help me to fulfill my spiritual destiny. Whatever you want me to do Lord I avail myself I yield myself the Of Jesus calling who will go and work today. Fields are wide and harvest waiting. Who will bear their sheaves away? Loud and strong, the master calleth rich reward. He offers thee, who will I, so gladly saying, here am I, send me, send me. Hug the voice of Jesus calling, who will go and work today. Fields are white, and harvest waiting. Who will bear their sheaves away? Loud and strong, the master calleth rich reward. He offers thee, who will laugh? So gladly say Here yeah, am Send me, send me If you can Not preach like angels If you can Not preach like Paul You can tell The love of Jesus you can say he died for if you cannot rouse the wicked with the judge, men's dread alive you can lead the little children to the same waiting this morning as many of you as are saying that Lord I want to yield my life to you, I want to fulfill my spiritual destiny, it doesn't matter what you want me to do Lord I will do it I will do it, I want to do it if you are that person you want to lift up your hand wherever you are and just come to this altar I'm not laying hands on you but I need you to take a decision last week I asked you to take a decision if you came last week you want to come again come again because you see, we must get this thing done. time is not on our side time is not on our side time is not on our side the world and its pleasures are passing the world and its pleasures are fleeting, they are passing you want to lift up your hands also here at this altar and just yield to the Holy Spirit. Take me over. And from this time, whatever you feel to do, begin to do. Don't wait for anybody. Don't wait to be called. Don't wait to be appointed. It is the Master who calls. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.